In today's show, I'm going to be looking at players who are heading into their fourth NBA season and what we can expect from them. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today, often we will get players in their heading into their second season, heading into their third season, heading into their fourth season where yeah, decent breakouts can occur. Generally, the third and fourth seasons are the, the big seasons where we see players take steps forward. So generally, what I'll do is look at a video of players who are heading into their fourth season, heading into their third season, heading into their second season, and rookies as well, and cover those guys and talk about who might be able to break out and what we sort of think about them for the upcoming season. So that's what we're doing today. We're doing fourth-year players, third-year players tomorrow, second-year players after that, and then we'll do rookies at the beginning of next week. Let's get stuck straight into it. Um, This one's an easy one. Is he breaking out? No, because he's already Luka Doncic, but Luka Doncic is heading into his fourth season. He's already signed his max contract extension. Doncic was only the 18th ranked player last season in category leagues. We know that's because of a lack of defensive stats, a poor free throw percentage, and a below average field goal percentage. They are all issues, for sure. Um... Yeah, I expect some of that to be tidied up a little bit. I think we look at an increase in our free throw percentage perhaps coming from Doncic. But you don't bank on it. You just hope that it happens. He was fifth in points leagues. He's he's easily a top three, top four pick in points leagues, I think. He played 34 minutes. He had 36 usage. He had 59 true shooting. Again, I don't expect too much of that stuff to really change with Doncic for this upcoming season. But we know he's going to be great. He is going to be a top 10 pick. And despite finishing 18th last year, I still think that he is a pretty clear top 10 pick because you are taking into consideration punting free throws and the injury risk of KD. Irving, Embiid, all those guys who maybe on a per-game basis might be better in a non-punt scenario, which again is a really narrow way of looking things. Uh, I think Doncic is going to have some pretty significant value. Uh, I wouldn't take him at one. I wouldn't take him in top three. I wouldn't take him in top five in category leagues, but I would take him uh, in the top 10 in most cases. The next guy we're going to take a look at is another player who... I don't think breakout is the right word for him because, of course, we all know who Trey Young is. Um, but it is fair to say that he did not perform at his best last season. I think that's absolutely fair. Um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't great for him. He, actually, let's rephrase that. It's not that it wasn't great for him. It's that it wasn't, um, at the best where it has been in the past. 23rd in category leagues, 22 in points leagues, the arrival of Bogdan Bogdanovic, the arrival of Danilo Gallinari, uh, all those things impacted Trey. We saw his usage at 32, his true shooting at 59, which are all really good. 34, um, 34 minutes a night. And yeah, most of those things will stick, I would think. He would have similar usage, similar true shooting, similar scoring, similar minutes. I think, again, if we look at him as the 23rd ranked player, I would be okay with taking him in the top 20 
I think he would sniff the top 15. Uh, pre- previously, he's been top 10 before those guys arrived, but I don't think he's getting back to that level just with that slight drop in usage that he has... Um, I was going to say suffered, but suffered isn't the right word. That has uh, he has undergone since uh, acquiring some teammates who are who are pretty good, who are much better than the, the ones that he had prior to that. Let's go to the next player, who I think is due for a bit of a breakout. Again, I'm not sure if breakout is the right word, but Shea Gilgis Alexander, another player who signed that max rookie contract extension. Uh, Gildas Alexander was the 33rd ranked player last season in category leagues. He was 32nd in points leagues. He played 34 minutes a night, the same as those other two. He had a remarkable true shooting of 62 and a usage of 28. Now, the thing that I would worry a little bit here with Gildas Alexander for this upcoming season is that there is a chance that that sort of a true shooting for a guard, that it's just not sustainable, that it is going to fall off. There, there is a possibility of that. There is also the possibility with the arrival of Josh Giddy that we see some of his assist numbers, which basically doubled last season, falling off a little bit. I do think that maybe he can increase his usage somewhat and become just absolutely more of that focal point scorer. There is a risk with the thunder of any injury that he suffers that he will have to sit out um, because they're not going to be good again this year. So you you look at Shea as, I think, probably a third-round guy, maybe a second-round guy, but the risk associated with getting him or drafting him in those areas because of um, maybe not playing in March and April, which I think is a legitimate fear with Gildas Alexander, would scare me away from him. But I do think per game there can be some improvements, even if there is a drop in true shooting, even if there is a drop in assist rate. I think we could see some other things increasing. Uh, He has fallen off defensive stats-wise as well. I'm not sure whether we're going to get that back, especially with that increased load. Giggity! that he is dealing with offensively, but is getting a guys like um, uh, Giddy around to help with the pl- playmaking. Also, losing Al Horford helps Shea in terms of Derek Favors won't be as high usage. Not that Horford was particularly high usage, but he was much higher than Favors. And uh, Shea is still going to run things and get pretty much all of, those, uh, all of those touches in Oklahoma City. If you, like so many others, have problems with excessive sweating, Sweatblock is here to help you. If you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it can get embarrassing. You have to get up in front of your boss, make a presentation, point at the projector, and there's just a big pool under your arm. Nobody wants to deal with that. With Sweatblock, it is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime and then go to bed. The next morning you get up, you wash, and you go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. Uh, this, This might sound too good to be true, but you only have to use it once or twice a week. That is it. And it keeps you dry the whole time. You don't have to pick your shirt based on what color is going to hide the sweat better. You can have confidence in your day with Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or at CVS. That's sweatblock.com and the promo code is locked on. Guys, The stress of daily life can weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me, who's not an elite athlete, pretty clearly. You're just trying to make it through the day tension-free. Theragun can help. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. Giggity! And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. 
guys, this this thing is actually fantastic. Like, you, I get sore muscles from walking, from coaching kids footy and running around. And, and ther- using Theragun releases that pressure. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets the source of pain by releasing tension. Using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there is no substitute for Theragun Gen 4. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get a Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. Okay. Let's move on to a guy who has not got at the point of me recording this, a rookie extension. The number one pick in the 2018 draft, DeAndre Ayton. And we talk about guys like Trey Young taking a bit of a step back last season because of getting better teammates. The same thing did happen to DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Ayton went back to being the number 58 ranked player. This is a guy that was consistently like a second round guy and he fell way off. Usage down at 18%. True shooting was still great, but only played 31 minutes. I think the thing we have to look at with Aiton this year is if Monty Williams plays him more. Now, he did play more in the playoffs and played better in the playoffs. I think some of that will carry over to the regular season, but I wouldn't be expecting him to go back to being a top 20 guy. But I think that we get more minutes. We get a smidge more usage. Hopefully, we get more free throw attempt rate. And we get some of that playoff form for Aiton carry over into the regular season. I would be pretty stunned if Aiton finished outside the top 50 again this year. And in points leagues, it was even worse. He was 64th. I think he's going to be back inside to that top 40 range. And there is upside there, I think, for him to go a little bit higher. He's not going to go back to that big 20 and 10 guy before Chris Paul arrived because he just won't have the usage and he just won't be put in that position. But there is a chance. Yeah, those other guys, maybe there's marginal improvements that can come from Young Doncic and Gildas Alexander. But with Aiton, there is a big, big step forward that I think can occur. And that is going to make him a really interesting selection in those middle rounds with uh, with a decent chunk of upside on him, which is always something that you want to pay attention to. I'm really intrigued to see what happens with this guy's value. The number four pick in the 2018 draft, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. It was one of the most frustrating things of all of last season to deal with the return of Jackson from injury. Yeah, the Grizzlies reporters, I'll be back in January. Yeah, I just missed the first month. That's it. Jaron's tweeting things out or Instagram thinking that, oh, any minute now, any minute, I'll be there. Will ya? Okay. Um, yeah, he'll be back in March. He'll be back in April. Then eventually he did come back at the end of April uh, after we just didn't hear anything about him. On a per-game basis, he was pretty good. 71st ranked player in category leagues, 89th in points leagues in only 23 minutes. His true shooting was actually below average, so there's room to improve that. He had 26 usage. He can very easily become a top 50 player this year. There'll still be issues with foul trouble. He might only play 30 minutes a night, but he could average 20 points, two and a half threes, two blocks, hit his free throws. He was pretty, pretty good last year. And I think he's going to, that's why I want to see his ADP. I think it could go into the 70s. People are going to be very scared based on what happened last season, where he's not heading into this season with a knee injury. So I don't think we need to be too worried about that. And I think it's going to be a really interesting draft position to watch for Jackson. But there is this is real breakout potential. If we average 20 points per game, it would not be a surprise. And then adding in the block shots. And this maybe, hopefully, 
is the season where uh, where Jaron can get that all figured out and put together. We know about this guy. We know about him for fantasy because he is one of the best, if not the best, permanent producer in fantasy basketball, and that is the rock DJ Robbie Williams. I do not think that Robbie Williams should be written in in pen as a starter for the Celtics. If I was them, I would start Al Horford and I would bring Williams off the bench, but I could easily see starting Williams and bringing Horford off the bench. I hate the idea of starting them together. There are so many people who, oh, they just start Horford. Do we not remember the Philadelphia 76ers playing Al Horford at power forward? He is not a power forward. He has not been a power forward for a long time. It does not work with him at power forward. So one of those guys is going to start. That puts a bit of a cap on what Rob Williams can do, but it doesn't matter. Last year, he played 19 minutes and was the 81st ranked category league player. He was 120th in points leagues. I think the 19 minutes goes to 22-23. And if it goes to 27, absolutely, the top 20 is going to get uh, going to get busted down. So low usage don't matter. True shooting is amazing, 72%. He's impactful. He blocks shots. He rebounds. He has high field goal position. He's not for everybody. He's a low scorer. He doesn't hit threes. He doesn't get assists. But well, his assists aren't bad, actually. Blocking shots, high field goals, decent steals, good rebounds, a lot of value, like a Rudy Gobert type of fantasy player with some value concentrated in categories. Don't be worried if he doesn't start. Only be worried if he plays less than 17 minutes a night, which is just not going to happen. Yes, Enes Cantor is there as well. I think Cantor's more of an emergency type player versus a guy that's going to be taking minutes away from Williams. And don't worry, Williams, again, if he plays 21 minutes a night, that's it. If he plays 19 minutes a night, that is literally all he needs. He does not need a big runway to return fantasy value for you. And that's really, really important to to pay attention to. Back to Phoenix. Another guy who we're waiting to see if he gets an extension, McCall Bridges, who I think is one of the best perimeter defenders in the entire NBA, probably top five perimeter defenders in the entire NBA. He was 69th Giggity. in category leagues. He's not as good in points leagues because he doesn't score volume points. 108th in points leagues. His value comes from elite efficiency. It comes from blocking shots. It comes from getting steals. It comes from hitting threes. It comes from hitting free throws. He played 33 a night. Averaged, well, sorry, had usage of only 15%. 67 true shooting. Now, there is risk that that true shooting number does come down a little bit for Bridges, so we worry a bit there. And I don't really see a path to a massively increased usage. So while he'll be good, I'm not sure if there's really breakout potential like there is for Rob Williams or like there is for Jaron Jackson for this coming season. But he is going to be in a really solid position to be useful this year again and someone whose value can slide under the radar a little bit because he doesn't put up flashy stats. Uh, But in points leagues, again, don't need to get too enthralled by uh, by looking at what McCall Bridges can do for you. Colin Sexton's been really good the last couple of years. He was the 75th ranked player last year. He was 53rd in points leagues. He played 35 minutes, more than any of these guys that we've spoken about. He's going to be the starting shooting guard for the Cavs. He had 31 usage last year. He had true shooting at 57, which is really good for a guy taking as many shots as he did who doesn't take that many threes. He's not going to have that backup point guard responsibility this year. That's going to go to Rick Rubio. So that may impact Sexton's um, value. I think there is a decent chance that at some point he is part of a trade. I think he's going to be basically, though, what he has been the last couple of years. But I wouldn't be surprised if his usage dropped a little bit as guys like Darius Garland, maybe Kevin Love, probably not, uh, maybe Evan Mobley, take some shots. Maybe Isaac Okoro's usage increases. 
but I think he's going to be pretty rock solid in that 70 to 90 type range for category leagues, 55 to 75 type range for points leagues. But I wouldn't say that he has got too many, I don't believe there are too many more gears for Sexo to take us from here. I think he's, not that he's a finished product by any means, and he could develop into a really good passer. I think that's not going to happen. Or a guy that gets a lot of steals, I don't think it's going to happen. Or a guy that you know, rebounds a lot, it's not going to happen. All those things maybe happen, they're not. But all those things might happen. There is room there. But in terms of being a high volume, high usage, high efficiency scorer, he's there. He's at that spot already. I'm just not sure if there's much more to go in terms of you know the next the next step, the next level on that sort of stuff for Colin Sexton. Let's go to another Bridges now. Miles Bridges in Charlotte. Really big season last year. Now he was a guy who had every opportunity in his second season to really have a breakout. The path was clear and he was terrible. And then last year, Gordon Haywood arrives, he moves to the bench, and he goes bananas. Efficiency through the roof, 63% true shooting. He only did it on 18 usage. He only played 29 minutes. We still cracked the top 100 for category leagues. Now, I guess the problem for Miles Bridges this season is now that he's not the only guy in that bench unit who plays on the wing, because Kelly Ubre is there too. So while he was really good last year, Bridges, and I'd like to see him start next to PJ Washington a lot more, um, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. Maybe he plays an extra minute, but there is also a risk with Miles that some of that efficiency does drop off. That that 63 true shooting goes back to 59, and that impacts him. And maybe those minutes don't increase. But he's going to be a draftable guy. He's going to be in that area. I'm just not sure that I see um, the room, without injuries, of course, for him to play more than this. PJ Washington goes down, then Bridges starts, probably plays 33 a night and probably is a top 70 guy. If they decide to start Bridges uh, over Mason Plumley, then he plays 32 minutes a night. And again, he becomes a top 80 guy. He doesn't need usage. It's coming with efficiency, steals and blocks and threes, and he's an electric sort of player that's out there. But um, yeah, I'm not sure that the, the total scope is there for a massive, massive breakout type season for Miles Bridges. Guys, Bilpa, it is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to someone who's had Bilt Bar, they know what their favorite is. Coconut, maybe it's raspberry, maybe it's strawberry, maybe it's orange. Whatever their favorite is, they know what it is. But if you don't know your favorite, get a mixed box. You get to try all nine flavors, two of each flavor in a box, 18 bars, and then you can figure it out from there. Cookies and cream, my personal favorite. I also like coconut as well. But these aren't just healthy. These, well, they are healthy. These aren't just tasty bars. They're not just delicious. They are healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, just four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the US track and field team. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. The promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing and you can track all that action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news and info and odds for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online are your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's go to the next guy, and we're going to the Knicks. And 
Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. I wonder if he will take it from here. Now, I think you're part of the, the criticisms of Mitchell Robinson in the past have been you know, foul trouble and you know, minutes have always been low. I think many, and when I went back to look at this, I was surprised. Many would be surprised to see that Mitch Robinson played 28 minutes a game last year. The problem was he didn't play all that much and uh, he didn't play that many games, more, more to the point. And then he suffered that broken foot, which ended his season. And uh, his block rate tumbled. But he still was the 100th ranked player in category. He's 122nd in points. Usage is comically low. True shooting 64. But th- there is no reason to me that, that Robinson can't... Look, at those block numbers go back up. And he still averaged 1.6 per game. Sorry, uh, he averaged... Uh, double check that because I had my wrong numbers there. He is still a guy that can get really high field goal percentage. Good rebounds. Good block numbers. He averaged, sorry, my bad, 1.5 blocks per game. But that can easily go to 1.8, 1.9 per game, two two per game, and then you're back to talking top 70. Now, I'm never drafting him in that, that spot. The injury risk, he only played 31 games, is real. There is Nerlens Noel around. There is Taj Gibson, who I don't think is an every night player, but maybe they want to use uh, Obi Toppin and Julius Randle together a little bit more. That's a possibility. So there is upside here for Mitch for sure. And if those blocks come back, then he vaults very clearly into the top 70. Probably a guy you pick around 100, but there is value in him being able to improve some of the things. And even if that usage does increase, I don't really expect it with Fournier and Kemba and Barrett and Randall taking literally every shot possible in that starting five. I do think Robinson will be the front runner to start. They did re-sign Nerland's Noel, so maybe it's Noel they go with. But regardless, give him 20 plus minutes, there is a chance of a decent season. This is one that is really interesting. Um... Not that they haven't all been riveting, but Devontae Graham in New Orleans. Now, I don't think I think that some of Devontae Graham's value gets overstated. I think he's totally fine. I think he probably is a high-end backup point guard rather than a guy you want to hit your wagon to as a starter. But he heads now to New Orleans to be their starter. Last year, despite his role, he was still 115th in category leagues and 101st in points leagues. He played 30 minutes a night. His usage was 22, and he had a true shooting of 55. He is a horrendous shooter, a very, very bad shooter from two-point range. Cannot finish at the rim at all. But he can hit threes, and he will hit threes in New Orleans. He'll get assists in New Orleans. He'll play more minutes in New Orleans. He'll score more in New Orleans. I think that he beats that 115 number pretty easily. I think that there is a chance of him getting back into the top 80 for fantasy and maybe top 70 in points leagues. He's got his new contract. He's got his new role. I think there's a real chance of a, of a really decent season coming up here for Devontae Graham in, on his new team. And he's the only one of these guys that we've spoken about so far that is on a new team for this upcoming season. You may have forgotten about this bloke, the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, because he didn't play in the Bucks championship run. He had a torn ankle ligament. I expect DiVincenzo to be ready for the beginning of the season, but we haven't had confirmation on that either way. Last year, he played 28 minutes a night, and he was the 124th ranked player, a little bit worse in points at 137. That's to be expected. Low usage, 54 true shooting, um, Yeah, that which is poor. So there is real, real scope for that true shooting to improve because he's a better shooter than that. His starting job, I don't think, is under any threat of being taken away. He will start next to Drew Holiday. Yes, they brought in George Hill, who'll share the court at some time, at some point with him. But 
DiVincenzo is going to start. Those minutes could push to 30, but more importantly, that 54 true shooting could go to 59. Efficiency increases, which increases three-pointers. It increases field goals, uh, field goal percentage points as well. There's a lot that can change here for DiVincenzo. Um, and look, maybe he plays more minutes. So there is, you know, you don't draft him too high, but there is real, look, he's not going to become this high usage, big breakout guy, but steals is where, where his business is, where, where that is made. And he didn't average that many steals last year, but he's been a good steals guy in the past. So if efficiency goes up, these are two big ifs, but if efficiency goes up, right? And if we get steals going back up, top 70 is a real, real chance for DiVincenzo. And then he plays 30 a night instead of 28. Yeah, there's a big, big way or a very easy path. That's what we want to look at. Is there an easy path for these things to change where we're not predicting someone to shoot 20 percentage points better from the three-point range or some shit like that, which occasionally happens and you have no way of predicting that Julius Randle style. Like you can't predict that he's going to go from a 27% shooter to a 42% three-point shooter. You can't do that. But with someone like DiVincenzo, there are two things there that can change, but they're not extraordinarily tough paths for him to get to. Let's go to Orlando. Wendell Carter Jr. Traded in the Nikola Vucevic deal. He should be their starting center. It's hard to put too much, I don't know if faith is the right word, but too much stock in what the hell happened at the end of last season where that rotation was all over the shop because A, there's a new coach, Jamal Mosley, not Steve Clifford. And B, they were just kids, ears. They were just fucking around. They didn't give a fuck at all about what they were doing. They were just mixing things up. So Bumble would play more minutes, Carter would play more minutes, uh, bloody Mo Wagner would play more minutes. But Carter, to me, is the better player out of him and Bumba. He was 144th in category leagues, 107th in points leagues, but played only 26 minutes. Right, so number one, I look at that and go, well, if they do decide he's their starter and he separates himself from Bumba, well, 30 minutes is very easily there for the taking. I wouldn't bank on it. I wouldn't project it. And I'm, I definitely haven't projected it. But 29 minutes... Now, I've had all these hopes for Carter to become a decent three-point shooter. At this point, if he does, it's going to be a surprise. I think he can be a better passer, but again, we haven't really seen that flash. But there is we've seen it from him to be a better rim protector. Those numbers were low last year. Most of that was in Chicago, but those numbers were low. So he can improve shooting, three-point output, assists, blocks, free throw percentage. I think all those things can improve. Out of all of these guys that we've spoken about, I think Jaron has got a big breakout chance. I think... Um, DiVincenzo's got a bit of a breakout chance. But in terms of true breakouts where this guy could actually get there, and I don't think he will, and you shouldn't bank on it, but Carter has got the pathway, the skills, the environment, the new coach for everything to turn around and come together this year. Big, big opportunity for him, I think. I know it's a big opportunity. This next guy, he's got paid, Duncan Robinson, um, 138th in category leagues, 184th in points leagues. Do not draft him in points leagues. I'll say that again. Said it all last year. Do not draft him. He doesn't offer anything for points leagues. He's a three-point specialist who just struggles in most other areas. But for category leagues, that has value. He played 31 minutes a night. He had a usage of 16%. He had a true shooting of 63%. He's going to be an elite shooter. We know that. He's going to provide unbelievable amount of threes. He's going to score all right. But he's not going to do anything else. That has value at the end of a fantasy draft for category leagues. But there's not not huge amounts, I think, is going to improve from Duncan Robinson uh, this season. Let's go back to Orlando. One, two, three, four, five. And like I said, that there is a real possibility of a breakout for Wendell Carter. The same thing can happen for Mo Bamba. 
It all depends what Jamal Mosley thinks. If Mosley goes, well, Bumba's better. I, it, it is really clear. You put Bumba and Carter with the same minutes, and Bumba easily outperforms him for fantasy. Easily. Now, Bumba has been, let's be honest, dreadful through his NBA career. 221st in category leagues, 209th in points leagues. He played 16 minutes a night. That ramped up at the end of last year where he showed top 100 numbers. Big usage, which is not necessary, but on this team, someone needs to get the ball. If he can get 22 minutes a night, he becomes an instantly draftable player. If he plays 25 minutes a night, then he's a top 100 guy. He can hit threes. He can block shots. He can get rebounds. The percentages are a worry, but... He could easily turn in a 52% shooting year where he averages 11 and 9 with 2.5 blocks and hits 1.53s. And there's your top 70 right there. So I I do like him as a back-end guy. I want to monitor it in the preseason to see how they're using it. But at this point, I assume their ADPs will be similar. I would actually take Bumba at the end of a draft because I think the upside is way higher. I think the chances of him getting there are lower because I think he's a a notably worse player than Wendell Carter. But I would take Bumba over Carter because I just think that it doesn't take that much for things to go right for him or it takes a lot of things to go right for Carter to become a breakout fantasy guy, even if I think Carter is by far the superior on-court player at this point in their career. Let's go to another bloke who I know and you know is a fantasy stud. And he actually is a really, really good real-life player as well. And that is the wave pool, DeAnthony Melton. Memphis executed another trade today. Patrick Beverly is gone, replaced by Jarrett Culver and Juancho Hernan Gomez. So all you should be looking at here is going, Eric Bledsoe not playing on the team, Patrick Beverly not playing on the team, Grayson Allen not playing on the team. They are clearing minutes somewhat for DeAnthony Melton. There is still Desmond Bain. There is still Tyus Jones. Like those guys are still there and they're still going to get their minutes. And Melton is going to have ups and downs. Last year, he was 140th in 20 minutes. He is a very good player who should play 25 minutes a night realistically. It, it won't happen. And I don't think he's going to be a draftable guy. But again, if we're looking at fourth year players who legitimately can break out, the guy is 23 only. He's still young. And you know, not to say that the other guys aren't as young. Sexton's 22, Doncic 22. But, um, yeah, McCall Bridges is 25. Devontae Graham's 26. DiVincenzo is 24. Like, there is still plenty of room here for Melton to grow. Um, and I'm really interested to see where this goes for him now that they have cleared out. From last year's rotation, Grayson Allen is gone. Justice Winslow, who was getting minutes at one point, is gone. And then those all those guys they brought in are also gone. And no, Jarrett Culver is not a threat. Jarrett Culver is terrible. A um, couple more players. Actually, yeah, a couple, couple more players we're going to look at here. Um, the Shark, Bruce Brown. Baby shark, do, 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 do. Brown was the 175th ranked player last year, 193rd points. There are plenty of people who have told me this offseason that they think they'll draft Bruce Brown, and I really don't see it. He played 22 minutes a night, and that was because of injuries to Harden, Kyrie, and uh, KD. Basically, at one point or another, they were all they were all getting hurt. Um, but you know, when we look at what Brown can do, he got his efficiency up playing more as a power forward slash center. And when those guys get hurt, he becomes a really good option. But with Patty Mills around, yeah, I think he's not going to be as prioritized as much. 
And I just, Cam Thomas can also get some minutes. So I, I don't think he's going to be a draftable player, but I, I am including Brown in this just because he is a fourth-year guy who had some moments of success, who I do think is a really good player. I'm just not sure that the 22 minutes a night increases massively from there. Maybe it's 23 or 24. I think that's possible. Maybe it's 25. But I'm not sure it's going to be enough to really have too much of an impact uh, for fantasy. That is actually going to do it for me in terms of the players I'm looking at. The guys who I just missed out talking about, um, Jared Vanderbilt, Kendrick Nunn, Gary Trent, Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter, who the minutes, I think if guys are healthy, that's squeezed. Marvin Bagley, the number two overall pick in this draft. I don't think there's any chance of a breakout there. Jalen Brunson, Lonnie Walker is going to get more minutes. He's going to be worse in them, but he's going to get more minutes. Grayson Allen, Anthony Simons, Hamadou Diallo, if he ever signs. Landry Shamet, Josh Kogi. These are all fourth-year guys that you can pay attention to. But that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow along, podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app while on YouTube. Hit thumbs up. Ring the notification bell. Write your little comments down below. Tell me what you think of the show. Tell me whatever you want in those comments. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.